The Life and Stories of Callum Knightworthy, Archival Assistant at the Magnus Institute, London. Begin recording. I have been in these archives for 12 hours and I'm ready to go home, but I have a quota to meet, so here's another statement. Statement of Kareem Patterson regarding his experiences with the community of Kingshead, Maine. Statement sent over by the Usher Foundation, American sister organization of the Magnus Archives, located in Washington, D.C., United States. Original statement recorded on February 23, 2008. Statement recorded by Calum Knightworthy, archival assistant at the Magnus Institute, London. Statement begins. Moving to Maine was a strange experience for me. I mean, no offence to anyone who lives there, or has family there, mind you. It was just so different to everything I was used to. I'd never lived there. I don't have family there. I don't even remember if any friends or any acquaintances lived there. I'm from New Mexico, and in comparison to New Mexico's hot and sunny weather and its more hardened wildlife, Maine and its cold, dry air, strange but beautiful autumn trees, and larger, strange animals made me feel like I'd entered an alien land. I'd have never known Maine had its own sort of beauty had my job not relocated me there, though. I'd also have never known about what was going on in one of its smaller towns there, too. I was initially living in an apartment near the coast, in some city I barely remember the name of, until I learned, after a day, that I'd been scammed. I probably wouldn't have ever known had the actual apartment owners not screamed in fear and called the cops on the stranger crashing on their couch. They thankfully didn't press charges, but they probably would have had they not noticed that their pictures and anything indicating that they specifically lived there had gone missing. Sorry, I shouldn't be rambling about that. I think I may be trying to distract myself. I'd really rather be thinking about anything other than King's Head right now. Anyhow, I thankfully didn't have much to move out of the apartment, and the scammer who'd gotten me stranded in Maine only charged me about $300 for the initial payment of the apartment. All told, I had enough to move somewhere else. My boss offered to find me a listing in another town, but I declined once I found a listing for a townhouse in a smaller town called Kingshead. It was insanely cheap, and from the photos it appeared to be a good quality living space. My boss was initially sceptical, but he eventually relented, and I was moving to Kingshead the next day. I remember feeling something sort of strange upon entering the town. Not anything really scary or even weird or disturbing. It just felt sort of off. Just felt an off vibe from the town. Couldn't tell you why. I mean, all the residents looked and acted friendly enough. The town was just so peaceful. So peaceful it made me uncomfortable. The air was clean, and the town was alive with the sounds of people going about their business. Upon arriving to the townhouse I was moving to move into, I found my new neighbours on both sides out, and just standing there. They looked almost statuesque as I pulled up, and they stayed that way until I said hello to them. Upon hearing my voice, a switch seemed to have flipped in their heads, and they repeated my hello back to me. They didn't speak in my voice or anything. And nothing would have indicated normally that they were copying me. Had I not noticed that they used the exact same tone and even some of the mannerisms when speaking. If it were one of them, 
I might not have noticed that they were copying me. But with both of them in my face, it felt impossible not to. Without a word, one of the two shoved a key into my hands, and the other opened my trunk and grabbed some of my suitcases. I almost protested, but something about the way my neighbor had opened the trunk unsettled me. He did it with an unnatural mechanical motion, like he didn't know how to use his arms. I unlocked the door to the townhouses, and my two new neighbors carried my luggage in and set it into the bedroom without a second thought. They both immediately left without a word and walked back to their own individual homes. The thing was, their walk was in some sort of rhythmic pace, and I could have sworn they took steps at nearly the exact same time. I slept decently the following night, but upon leaving early in the morning to visit a cafe I'd seen while driving into town the previous day, I noticed that some of my neighbors on the street leaving at almost the same time as me. They followed me. I'm sure of it. The cafe I went into was small, and I could have sworn that over half the people on my street entered just after me. The, the, the barista didn't seem to notice the influx of people entering the cafe and dryly asked what I would like to order. Upon receiving my personal favourite, just a classic dark roast coffee, I went to sit down. At that same moment, I noticed my neighbours all ordered the same thing as me. Sometimes with a slight modification, like a little sugar or some creamer, but still close enough to the same thing as me. They all, upon receiving the individual orders, proceeded to gather in the same half of the dining area of the cafe as me and I had seated at a single table, and I noticed that upon approaching my table, only to see no chairs free at it, my neighbours all gathered at different tables. It was odd that upon running out of empty chairs, none of the extra neighbours even considered pulling a chair from the other half of the cafe, instead opting to just plop down on the floor. The rest of my day involved people sort of mirroring me like this, except for when I went out of town for work. That was the most strange to me. Once I crossed the threshold of King's Head on into the outside, my neighbors just simply pulled off to the side, got out of their cars, and just stared at me. I slept sort of worse that night. I could have sworn I heard every snore on my street in time with my breath. The next day was almost exactly how the previous day played out, but my neighbors seemed to be making less deviations from my schedule. I'm not sure why. I wish I knew, but part of me is glad I didn't. The barista was cleaning cups when I walked into the cafe that morning, just like he'd been doing the morning before. My neighbors followed me to the town's end, like yesterday. I, I didn't sit in the cafe that day. I had an earlier shift at work. Coincidentally, all of my neighbors seemed to have an early work appointment, too. Even the people that seemed to be living on retirement or out of a job said exactly what I said. That night was a blur for me. I didn't sleep well. I kept hearing people coughing and breathing in sync with me. Until I heard something louder. I heard my front door being kicked in. I don't know who was trying to break into my house or why until I heard my bedroom door creak open. Slowly. So excruciatingly slowly. I didn't want to look, and I'm sure that had I even moved a tiny bit, I would have probably been killed. But I looked away. 
This somehow went undetected by all the vague shapes of my supposed neighbours in the dark. I could only barely make out their features in the faint light. They just stood there, crowded in my doorway. All of them slowly breathed in and out with the time of my breaths. I tried stifling my breathing to no avail. I just stared at them. This went on for I don't know how long, maybe an hour, or even two, before I saw even one of them begin to move. I couldn't tell which, as they all seemed to shift through the crowd and push each other aside like curtains. When they entered my room, I couldn't tell which one it was. I saw features from nearly every one of my neighbours on this person's body. It stood there, silent and motionless, before walking to a random spot in my room just laying down. One by one I saw every figure in the crowd begin to enter my bedroom and pick an arbitrary spot on my floor and just lay there. They were all just out of sight, but I'm sure that they must have been in the same position as me. I don't know when they left. All I know is I didn't sleep one second that night. And, and somehow, by the time the first rays of sunlight peeked through my blinds, the whole crowd had gone. I sat up, completely unwilling to get out of bed. I didn't want my neighbours to perform their strange attempts to mimic me again. I don't know why they were doing this. I don't know the purpose it served. I don't know why they insisted on behaving almost exactly like me. But in some way, it just felt off. I now wish I didn't confront one of them about it, but I was desperate. I just walked to one of the townhouses next to mine. It was unlocked. Now that I think about it, it's almost like they wanted me to walk in. I entered a townhouse that I assumed would have at least looked slightly different, but no. Might as well have entered my own townhouse again. Every detail was almost the exact same. Only some dust on the countertop and a small stain on one of the walls served to remind me that I was in another person's home. I was almost certain that might have been the only difference until I walked into the bedroom. I couldn't tell you what I was looking at. My memory of it is so... Hazy. I could barely even distinguish my hand from the doorknob it had been holding on to. I heard something in that room. Something akin to singing. I know it was slightly off-key, but I couldn't tell you what key was supposed to be. The singing just... It just kept going. Until it slowly transitioned into something else. It slowly became... A discordant cacophony of the screams and cries of the voices of my neighbours. They all blended together and pulled apart and only could be pushed back into each other. All I know is I must have began screaming. How else could my voice have joined the screaming cacophony that sang its melody of wretched terror into the endless room of complete nothingness? Not even my voice sounded right. It sounded off. I wouldn't have recognised it had I not noticed the voice's lack of a New England accent. I don't remember it ending, but I know it must have ended. I'm here now, talking to you, and yet, in the back of my mind, I still hear it. That strange sound, my neighbours, screaming in voices that I could not tell you if they originally had. It shouldn't shock you that I moved out soon after. Ironically enough, I ended up moving back into the apartment complex where I was once streamed out of three hundred dollars. 
I didn't see anyone in King's Head when I was leaving. I don't think I would have wanted to. The town was calm and peaceful that morning. So peaceful, so stagnant, so uncannily quiet. Not even the faintest hint of a bird chirping. I know I looked back when I crossed over that into the outside. All I saw was an empty town and one lone figure. I couldn't tell from the distance I was at, but in my rearview mirror, it almost looked like me, or at least vaguely looked like me. I have not been back since, and every time I ask someone about Kingshead, Maine, all they've responded with is sort of pondering before telling me they recognize the name but don't remember where from. It's been almost a year now and I get the same answers every time. I thought you could help but it seems you know just as much as everyone else. Nearly anything at all. Statement ends. It's been hard to follow up on this statement especially considering the events described happened all the way across the pond. But we were able to find some things, however minuscule they might be. First off, regarding Mr. Patterson, he apparently moved back to the American Southwest about four years ago. And while he declined to give a follow-up to the Usher Foundation or even to us in London, he did state that nothing in Maine felt right since he left Kingshead. It was all just slightly off to him. Secondly, the town of Kingshead itself. There's only been two things we've been able to find that mention it this far. One of them is a news clipping from a local paper in New Hampshire talking about the disappearance of one Clementine Ramirez, who apparently moved from New Hampshire to Kingshead and subsequently went missing only a month later. The second one is a copy of an old advertisement. It's not been dated at all, but judging by the paper quality, I'd say it had to have been made around the 1950s at the very latest. The advertisement displays pictures of a fair going on in Kingshead. I see plenty of people in the picture itself, but oddly enough, none of the faces seem to quite fit on the bodies they're on. They always seem to be slightly wrong whenever I look at them. I can't figure out why. Lastly, and if it weren't for John, I may not have noticed this, but none of our contacts at the Usher Foundation rem remember having the statement sent over. They hadn't noticed it had gone until we contacted them about it, and none of the archival workers or filing staff remember it having been borrowed for any sort of purpose. This is all very strange. I don't know what to think about it right now. I guess that's... and supplemental. Today's episode, I'm proud to say, is a fan-submitted work. Our statement today was created by DG Toti. Thank you for submitting your statement through our email at calumnightworthy at gmail.com. All statements submitted by fans will be tied into the canon of this series, and they are all very much appreciated. Stay scary, everyone, and I'll see you in your next episode. Let this statement begin. Calumnight Rhythm Recording is a fan-made podcast based on the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill. All opinions, ideas, and stories shared are that of my own and should not reflect the opinions of Rusico LTD or their associates. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons share-alike non-commercial license. 
we're running low on statement ideas. So pop over to Gmail or wherever you email from and send us a statement. CalumNightworthy at gmail.com. We're always welcoming new scares. Thank you for listening and face your fears. Goodbye.